So welcome to the show. Glad to have you on the show today, Candace. Oh, I'm so thrilled that you're here today. So if I can just start off with a little bit about your background and how did you end up in Kansas City? Well, <laughs> you have to ask my parents, but um, no, I was I was born and raised here. So born and raised in KCK, went to, well, Sumner Academy for high school, uh, which is like the college preparatory school on um, the Kansas side, because I know Lincoln on the Missouri side is like the quote unquote talked about school. So got it. Yeah, born and raised. So you didn't want to ever leave, go somewhere well, else? Well, you know, I did though. I did. So for college, I went to Los Angeles. I went to Loyola Marymount University. Ended up out there for the four years. But you know what? I'm a Midwest girl at heart. So after graduation, I decided to move back um, to Kansas City. This is home sweet home for me. Got it. Very cool. So tell me about currently what your businesses are. What exactly do you do? Yeah. So what I exactly do, online health coaching. So basically think of personal training, but think of about it on a, as an online perspective. So I help people across the nation. So I've used technology. I build an app. Um, I build an exercise library of over a thousand different exercises so people can see how to do the proper form. I'm responsible for their, you know, exercise plan or strength training plan, their nutrition. So anyway, I help people uh, transform their physique. So what made you want to get into all this? Interesting question. Um, back in like, say, 2004 or so. Uh, so it's kind of a long story. I used to work in finance. Not a lot of people know that. So I have an economics undergrad major, right? Worked in finance, like whatever, I don't know, seven years or something. Um, so in finance, my first company, we, were, we went to a bodybuilding show and we went to go see one of our colleagues. And I saw the ladies take the stage, the figure competitors, um, and I was sitting in the audience, and I was like, you know, I can do this. And so I just tried it out the next year. Absolutely got massacred on stage. I trained for one year, um, did the same show. I ended up winning my class, and I ended up winning my professional card at that show, and then competed at till 2018, right? But I was still working in finance. So this is about 2007 or eight now, um, working in finance, And then it just hit me like, you know, I'm really passionate about what I do as far as like helping people for working out. Because so many people were were asking me, how, what should I do for working out or for nutrition? So it was just like a natural row into entrepreneurship. So what madness um, kind of infected you when you, when you were in finance and you went and saw this competition, what entered your mind that says, I can do that? You know, I've always been an athlete, like since I was three or four. And so as an athlete, you had that mindset, like I could do anything. All I need to do is put my mind to it. I think my parents instilled that in my brother and I growing up, like you could do whatever you want to do. You just have to work hard. You have to make sacrifices, et cetera. So when I saw those ladies just being an athlete, I grew up playing basketball, softball. And I was like, I don't know, just something in me, like that competitive nature is like, I can I can be just as good as them. So you came back the first year and you got you got destroyed. I got destroyed. I didn't place. But why 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 would you say you got destroyed? <laughs> like what did you did you do something wrong? Or um, were you just overconfident? Well, I mean, I think so in this sport, like there's so much to learn that first year because it's all about symmetry. Mm-hmm. So the longer you're in that sport, the better because your muscles mature. So, I mean, at that, at that time, that was my first time really lifting weights. I mean, I grew up playing basketball, but we didn't lift weights like 
how a competitor does. Um, so yeah, it was just a matter of, I don't know, first year, there's so much to learn. That learning curve is steep. And so I, I worked with a coach or trainer for a year after that, and the rest is history. Um, the funny thing about it is you mentioned about that, and I, I um, I mean, okay, so Arnold Schwarzenegger had a documentary called Pumping Iron, if you're familiar with that or whatever. And I remember what they said about him in particular was for the size of a person he was, he spent a long time, and it's basically he would talk about sculpting his technique. I guess it's about symmetry, right? I, I don't is. know. <clears throat> but when you said that, it made me think about them having seen that years ago. And just, I think he, he referred to just sculpting the body, right. et cetera. So, wow. So you not only have to train, but you have to, yeah, that would never work for me. <laughs> yeah, you have to train. So it is about symmetry, left to right, top to bottom. Um, but figure, like we don't do the hard poses um, like the bodybuilders do. So the figure competitors, it's about grace on stage too. So you have to have that stage presence. You're in that the five-inch heels, and you have to know how to work it. So, it, I mean, there's a lot of moving parts. It's not just about your body, but you have to display it to the world too. Got it. Um, that's pretty amazing. And um, so you did it. You came back the next year, and you won a whole bunch of things. Yes. And, um, and you just liked it. You just said, I hey, loved I, it. Loved it. I loved doing this, right? <laughs> So you said, you told me before we started the show today that you've retired in 2018. So you said, hey, I'm, I'm done doing this right now. Yeah. So, I, you know what, honestly, that's a lot of years in the sport because what happens is, you know, this, like you're seeing me today, this is my regular size. But if I was to compete and get on stage, like I would drop to nine and a half percent body fat, 10% body fat, which is extremely low for women. And actually some of those ladies were probably honestly coming in like at 8% towards my latter years. Um, but you know, essential body fat for women is probably 12% ish. Mm -hmm. And so we're taking it. So you're yo-yoing your body. You're going so extreme. It's just honestly the long-term effects. I just think is not healthy. So it can be very challenging if you're trying to do that because it's not healthy. If, if healthy body fat for women is 12% or, or higher, then it's really hard to cut down to that kind of thing. It is very difficult uh, to, like once you get to a certain percent, it's like super hard to continue to lose. But I'm just saying like it's not healthy on the body or the organs. You can't stay there. Like a competitor never stays at their stage physique. That's impossible. But I'm just saying, it's just it's just a rough life on the in total body. So I think sometimes in life you have to know when to get out. And for me, like honestly, at that point, I had I've done, I did shows across the U.S. At that point, I did three international shows. Um, I, I I did enough. I accomplished enough. I had a blast. It was so fun. So now you've leveraged this into your other endeavors. Exactly. Right? You do speaking. <laughs> you do motivational speaking. Okay. You fitness, you're a health coach, yes. and you also um, handle nutrition as well. Do you train anybody else for fitness competitions, anything like that? Right? You know what? Um, very, very few and far in between. Okay. Most of my clients are just regular, everyday people. Like I said, I mostly work with the executives and busy professionals one-on-one um, -on -one as far as clientele. But every blue moon, like a competitor, but not as many as I used to before. Okay. Um, and you also have a not-for-profit. I do. So tell me about that. Yeah, so so real quick, like um, three areas of my life. Like I say my passion is working with like the individuals one-on-one, -on -one, and then like my calling is the book I wrote because it kind of mixes that spirituality and 
fitness. And, and will you tell us yeah. that the, for listeners of the podcast, tell us the book, the name of it. The book is called As For Me and My Body. Okay. Right? And so really it's just a, a play off that scripture. As for me and my house, I will serve the Lord. So it's just like, as for me and my body, blank, blank, blank. So you fill in the blank for yourself. But it's a 21-day journey the reader goes through. Um, so that's, I feel like, uh, calling, right? Because it has a higher purpose. And then legacy um, is my nonprofit. And so for me, like when I look at the world and I see all these kids today, I'm just like, my gosh, we're not giving them a chance because our obesity stats for kids is incredibly high. Uh, it's like 76% of our youth do not get enough physical activity per day. That's oh, wow. crazy to me. But it makes sense, right? Because we have all the screen time with these iPhones and iPads and whatever, whatever these kids are doing. I, I think it's, um, I mean, to your point there, I think it's endemic. I mean, we've got it in the kids now. Um, I think I saw a picture, somebody showed a picture of um, a whole bunch of um, ladies graduating college in the mid-70s. And then they showed the average graduating class now, and it was like, wow, we've uh, we've definitely, we've swollen up a little bit. Yes. You know, I don't know what to call it. <laughs> right. That's a nice term. But, uh, swollen. Well, yeah, it was just kind of like, I was like, wow, these people are all thin. They appear to yeah. healthy and things like that. And it's just so different skipping to today. Yeah. And so when that makes me think of, um, I remember growing up, like for kids, like when we were kids, there was maybe one or two quote unquote bigger kids. And now I feel like it's a lot of bigger, bigger so, kids. So you, you talk about, you, you mentioned that you do nutrition as well. How important is the nutrition to that, that healthy journey as well? Not yeah. just the working out piece, right? Mm -hmm. So you know what? People will say, oh, it's 80% nutrition, 20% exercise. Yes and no, right? Like I agree and disagree at the same time because like for me, I feel like to unlock optimal performance, which is like a model that I I use, you have to have exercise going at the same time. So like all all these cylinders need to be firing at the same time, exercise, nutrition, rest, and then understanding your own body or your own genetics. And I think that two areas that are very un underlooked is uh rest people don't sleep enough like as, especially as americans and then also just understanding like your genetic history um and i tell and preach to clients all the time listen to your body listen to your body um so it's an art you know to like wellness but the more you're in tune with your body the more efficient and effective you'll, you'll be i um i read a study um I, I, i'd be I can't remember the name of the study, but it was talking about uh, looking at the landscape for people long-term and health and wellness. And they said the number one determining factor of people being healthy and physically fit in their 80s is whether or not they were exercising and being physically fit in their 60s. And they said if there was one factor, like taking out nutrition, and I'm not saying nutrition is not a big part of it because they talk about that too, but they say that the exercise piece of it, that core component, doing those things and there's study after study that keeps getting released about how exercise is one of the it's one of the only thing it helps with mental well being, it helps oh, with yeah. health, it helps every aspect every, of your life. Yes. So so why don't we do it more? <laughs> so, <laughs> that's a million dollar question. Why well, don't I mean, we? <laughs> I, so today on the podcast, Candace and I are gonna launch a new company. I'm just kidding. But the thing about it is is that like, yeah, if we could find a way to kind of kind of solve that equation in some way, I mean I don't I think the benefits to everybody would be huge. And I think what you said was interesting because you said, hey, if uh, 
if you're 60 and you're working out, you're more likely to work out when you're 80. But then when you said it, I thought about, like, if you even take it a couple steps backwards. So, like, yeah. six to get to 60 working out, you got to just go to 40. And then 40, go to 20. And 20, go to, you know, like 10 or something yeah. like that. So, for me, I feel like it's all about a lifestyle. And the earlier, younger you are trying to implement this lifestyle, the better off you will be because it's a part of who you are. It's your DNA. I just work out. Like I enjoy working out. Like I don't feel right when I don't work out, you know? So I would, I just love for people to get to that lifestyle. It hints your focus with the not-for-profit on the kids. On the kids. Exactly. I mean, if you start there, if you get them to do it, then that's, ah, see, it all makes sense now. It all makes sense now. <laughs> but I couldn't start there. Like, right. You know, as a business, you got to uh, have money, so yeah, right, 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 right. <laughs> well, no, but that's all part of it, right? It's all part of it. So, what made you want to start the not-for-profit in particular? My gosh, um, just passion, like something that you know. Sometimes in life, that desire that never goes away. Just, I feel like it's a huge problem. I want to just be a part of helping to solve that problem. So, I think my passion to transform others, help others, um, hopefully. Hopefully, like I said, leave a legacy, right? And so that my legacy, part of my legacy can be like, you know what, Candace helped play a part in shaping these kids' lives in this way, which is just wellness. But um, I think that's it. And she started out in economics and finance. So there's help for all of us out there. There's hope for all of us. Sorry, let me let me, let me change that. So right. Well, I want to I want to go a little bit into that, the kind of Kansas City now and kind of you know what you're doing here, et cetera. Um, and before I go too far further, I always want to ask people, what is the most rewarding part about what you do on a day to day basis? Ah, uh, you know what it is. I get to help people. Uh, like you, like just transform. So it's not only that physical transformation. We talked about it for a second. It's that mental transformation, sometimes spiritual, sometimes like just career life balance. But when I get to see people like increase their energy, have more confidence, it's crazy. Like I love the physical, but when people have more confidence, they, they have that swag, quote unquote, in their step and their walk, like it changes their complete. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, in so many different areas. So, see, that just gives you a high every day. That's like a big deal. Yeah. No, absolutely. Absolutely. So, we brought you on the podcast in particular because you're one of these people who's, you're actually physically transforming lives. So, in what ways would you say that you are helping make Kansas City a better place to live, play, and work? What do you think, how are you contributing to helping lift up the city? Yeah, so I think it's part of that same answer I just said before. So I think that when people, uh, let's just say, quote unquote, love themselves more, like when you're more confident, you're feeling good about your physique and the size, I don't know, I feel like you just do more good. So I think the the small impact I make in individual lives then translates and kind of multiplies to others. So I hope that the impact I have in Kansas City is helping Kansas City become more well. I know our stats for obesity were towards the bottom of the list for the Are country. Really? Yeah, I don't remember what number, but we're we're not high on the list as far as um, our obesity rates and stats. So so for you, for the not-for-profit in particular, are you getting involved with schools, or how do you get involved with these kids? Yeah, so 
honestly, we are looking to launch in January. So we've only done like a pilot thus far. But yes, the schools and then also like think of like programs like Big Brothers, Big Sisters. So we're going to be giving uh, programs for the bigs to do with their littles, like other activities. Oh, that's cool. Really? Do you remember Book It by chance? No, I don't. Okay. So when I was a kid growing up, we had Book It, which was you read a certain amount of books per month, right? And you took this little piece of paper to Pizza Hut. And then you got actually no, I, I actually know it. I think it was called something else, oh, okay. but it was, but it was definitely involved with. It might have been Book It. It was involved with Pizza Hut of yeah, all so, places, right? right? Uh, so yeah. here in Kansas City, it was called Book It. So it's kind of like the same type of concept, right? Kind of like um, self like paced, or these kids can do it with their parents or their big or whoever. Um, and then it's going to be connected to some reward, but we still have to. We're working on that piece, but yeah, I mean, I think that. Like, again, going back, if we could just transform or help these kids at a young age, it'll just help them out. So if you're um, listening to this podcast or if you're watching online on YouTube or on the website, we're going to be linking in the show notes links to all of Candice's initiatives she's involved with. And will you say the name of your not-for-profit initiative again? Yes, called Fight Globesity. Fight Globesity. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Meaning obesity is now a worldwide It's a problem. global, global mm-hmm. problem. So. Um, so interesting. So this sounds like a, um, are there any other particular initiatives or projects you've been involved with that you're really proud of or you really love? Like personal projects? Yeah. Um, sure. Like number one, I would say, so many people don't know, but I started a scholarship from my high school, Sumner Academy years ago. Uh, I wow. ran it, but anyway, um, it's been a joy. So like, uh, my very first year I've kept in touch with two of the winners and so now they're like, I don't know, early 30s, because this was oh wow, 20 years ago or whatever. I don't know. But anyway, uh, so now to see them like in their careers, like one is a pilot for FedEx, like doing global, like he does global flights. It's just he does world travel all the time because of his job. And then one is a doctor, a medical doctor now. So just I think watching them just grow into the. So what made you want to give a scholarship? A lot of people don't do that. Like, what made you want to do it? You know, I, you know, I think just it's ingrained in who I am as, like, in my family. I don't know, looking at, like, my parents, my cousins, my uncles, aunts. I don't know. It's just, I think it's in the DNA of my family of, like, having that servants-type heart and just, like, helping others. I think that if I'm in a position to help somebody, why not help them? if I can, right? And so it was 2006, and actually I was doing my uh, my first, I think it was my first pro show, so I kind of connected it to that. So I was doing a show, but kind of had like a, a, hey, fundraising type thing for the scholarship at the same time. Um, but I don't know, it was just a, for me, it was a way to give back, and then give back to my community, my high school, and help some future kids going to college. No, absolutely. That's <laughs> awesome. I also think there's like a, there's a mentorship role. The fact that you said you've remained in touch with them. Um, I don't, I'm not going to put words in your mouth, but I think that's probably been important to them as they've gone, as they've grown and developed in their positions. Am I incorrect in that? I would, I would think that's correct. You well, know, it's... Contact, you know, <laughs> and now it's both ways, right? Like they're yeah. adults and I get as much joy just hanging out chatting with them um, and as, you know, in that reverse way as well. So I don't know. It's just, it definitely brings a smile to my Got face. It. So 
focusing on Kansas City for a second, um, there's a lot of stuff going on in KC. Um, and I know you're from KCK. We're, we're not, by the way, this is a Kansas City podcast. So we're talking about the Metro. So we don't care if you're KCK or KC Mo. So it's all right. Um, <laughs> but uh, I did notice there's like a little bit of infighting between people. Oh, yeah. Like if you're from KCK or KC Mo. Right. I didn't know that there was any of that. But um, it's kind of funny. Uh, so what unique opportunities or challenges do you see for Kansas City in the coming few years? Uh, so I think we kind of hit on it, but just, you know, for me, I think so much is tied back to obesity. Um, you know, and we, you know, we're famous for our barbecues. Yep. So we're not, we're not the most active city. Like when you go to Denver, it's like a completely different vibe or like being in San Diego or LA. So I don't know. I think Kansas city just has a huge opportunity just to do better in our wellness yeah. or with our wellness. So, um, well, they're revitalizing a lot of stuff downtown, et cetera. Uh, we had, uh, Lisa Pena on the thing. She does the... Um... We went, so we graduated together. Wait, yo, so you know her. <laughs> oh, that's too funny. Well, she started doing these um, these walks yeah, through Kansas City. She has um, urban hikes. Urban hikes. Um, yeah, oh, that is really funny. Um, uh-huh. un- unaware of that, now we know. It's small world. <laughs> so that's that's pretty funny. Um, but I know that there's a lot of that. Um, I mean, those kind of things are important. And, you know, having... I, I know they're doing some stuff downtown with the streetcar now and things like that. Maybe they'll help make that more walkable. Um, so people can do more things down there. Yeah, I, I don't know. I just think there's there's more opportunity we could just do better. Like, yeah. I mean, increasing our bike trails or walking trails, like, for starters. Is there anybody currently working on that right now? Do you know? Oh, I'm sure. Like, city, so I, I'm sure I'm there just are. Asking. City governments and, um, you know, the state of Kansas, like, our whole Department of uh, Transportation. Mm-hmm. Um, so we haven't talked about it. But I do. So I sit on the Kansas Governor's Council. Got it. Wellness. I actually chair it right now. And um, so there's a lot of different initiatives going on around the state, like probably things people never even hear about. But, I mean, I feel like we can still do better. Yeah. Got it. Is there one of these that you want to talk about? I mean, you mentioned it. I mean, you're on the governor's you know, council <laughs> for this. I, I thought maybe I'd, I'd, it, I should ask. <laughs> one of the projects? Yeah, or? one of the things y'all are working on. What, like oh, something got cool. you. So, so what we do is we do like a lot of policy to advise the sec- our Secretary of Health and our governor. Um, so, like, for instance, we just got um, what's called Kansas Kids Fitness Day mm-hmm. um, reinstated. So there's a group called CAFERD, and it stands for, like, sorry if I butcher it, but I want to say it stands for Kansas Physical Activity, Recreation, and Dance. Right. So there's a group and it's uh, comprised of like, I don't know, PE teachers and others. But anyway, they they were they came to us to help get Kansas Kids Fitness Day reinstated. So that's one project that we have done. Others include um, tobacco prevention. So vaping is a huge uh, ordeal now and especially for like kids in high school. So. Anyway, we look at different policies and things like that. You're doing all these really cool things. You're, you're involved on the Governor's Council for, the, for Fitness. you got your not-for-profit that you're going to be launching. Officially, it launches in January. January. Officially, and yeah. you finished the pilot for it. Yeah, we did the pilot. Um, now it's just, you know, you want to start, and then the timeline kind of gets pushed back. It always but, does. <laughs> yeah. So fingers crossed January. But, no, we're working on right now, like, just finalizing and developing, like, that content we need to – like those challenges for those yeah. kids to do. So we have to. Do they, does the, um, there used to be like a presidential oh, physical yeah. fitness. Is that still a thing? 
I don't, I think it's still a thing. Like there, there's still mm-hmm. the website, uh, but I don't know how. That's the only I, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like when we were little, yeah. it was like a huge thing. It's the right? only thing so, I've ever won. I had the presidential <laughs> physical fitness thing for like three years running because yeah, you could yeah. do pull ups and stuff, and nobody else could do them. <laughs> Yeah. Or that uh, sit and reach, you know? Yeah, the sit and reach. Well, that, that was a big thing. I'm not the most flexible, but uh-huh. that's always been my kind of thing. But, you know, I worked on it for <laughs> that. No, I thought it was a great thing. And I remember that was that was a big deal um, whenever that originally happened. Um, I want to say that was under, like, I know that they, Arnold Schwarzenegger got put on the the council for that or something like that. So there's, there's a council called the uh, President's Council on Sports, Fitness, and Nutrition. So maybe he said. On that. This and is that like, that th- council still. I I think he did goes. this like in the I want to say the early nineties, like George Probably. Bush, okay, senior mm-hmm. was somehow involved with it. I, I I'm I'm doing all this from memory, so this may be completely wrong. So don't don't take it to the bank. So you had this interesting way about you, and so I was really wondering. Um, this is kind of my collaboration thing. So you did scholarship, um, right. you know, right as you were getting into um, fitness modeling, not fitness modeling into um, fitness competing. Sorry, it's a different, that's a different piece a little bit there. So how do you personally approach collaboration and fostering unity within your community? Yeah, um, so unique question. I think of two things. One, I think of best servant's heart uh, we spoke about. So I don't know. I think if you just put others before you, like if you help somebody out, then you're really going to end up helping yourself too just because, I don't know, just that that nature of gratitude just uh, multiplies. And so I think I think that's one way. And then just always just, I don't know, uh, putting your best heart forward. So having that collaboration mindset. So like one of my, I have one tattoo, um, but it's Ichigo Ichie, right? And so it's a Japanese phrase, and I had a chance to go, right? And our tour guide, she told us this phrase, and I just fell in love with it. So the Japanese, you know, are very famous for their teas, and um, so you're given, like, a tea ceremony, you have, like, one chance to make that first impression with somebody. So I think in collaboration, like, make sure you're putting your best heart forward. Um, And then just let your natural personality shine through, so... Is there a personal experience or lesson that has significantly shaped your perspective on these things, or even your career, for that matter? Uh, personal experience. Well, you, well, you mentioned you mentioned the servant's heart. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, yeah. Well, did, did you just pull this out of thin air? No, I mean, well, like, we're, <laughs> no, I mean seriously, you might have. You wrote a book, so it could be in there. No, no, I I would say two things. Number one, so that's my faith, right? So like, so my faith is Christianity, right? So I think that's where it stems from. But also, I have a global mindset. And so we haven't even really touched on that aspect. But like when I went to Japan, it's because instead of going to like when I was in college, instead of studying abroad in at one uh, in one country, I went to semester at sea. So semester at sea is like you live on a ship and you sail around the world with, at the time, it was probably 600 college students. And so we started in Cuba and worked our way to Japan, 100-day voyage, right? amazing life-changing experience um and so when you're quote-unquote as as americans and then we go to these other places that maybe are not you know as developed you see and witness a lot and i think that that gratitude of just being philanthropic or like really stem from that because you see so much in say 
South Africa or India, and you're just, all your senses are just awakened. You're like, whoa, like we are very, very blessed. So how did you stay informed and connected and engaged in the Kansas City community? What do you do personally to stay informed and engaged? Yeah, and so I think um, part of what I was going to say before, too, for one of your questions was just, I think one of my strengths is just networking. Like, I, I think I'm a good networker, just like having a genuine interest in others. And because I, I understand the value, it's not like so much what you know, it's like who you know, because like who you know can open up a lot of uh, doors and opportunities. So I think that's one way I stay connected is just like, just through the, my own network of who I know. Like, there's always, I don't know, things or uh, talks or, I don't know, things or events being like, hey, Candace, do this, or here's something about Kansas City. I don't know. So I think just being plugged into the community through my own network is how I stay involved. But also, like, just uh, just have an opportunity to be the, the fitness expert for Fox 4. Yeah. Kansas City, I think, helps too, right? Just helping Kansas City with some quick fitness tips um, once a month. Now, when did you start doing this stuff with Fox 4 originally? So, yeah, when that relationship that? started in 2015. Okay, so 2015. So you've been doing it since then, Yes. Right? So how has that changed kind of your trajectory and what you've done? Has that been useful for you? I mean, what, tell me about it. Yeah, very useful. Um, one, I mean, from just like from the business standpoint, of course, right? Like, whatever it's it's great publicity right for the business um but from the personal development it just is speaking right a lot of people have stage fright and things like that so for me it's like from the personal development um but i don't know i think it's just opened a lot of doors i think people see me which is a blessing like as a, a a real fitness expert you know there's so many people that to say they're a tr trainer, yeah. personal trainer, health coach. And unfortunately, in our industry, there's no national certification. There's no national standard, right? Um, so I think it helps just um, prove, like, the, re the respect. Why the Why is there no national standard? I've heard someone I say know. that before. I know. So, so Candice, you have your work cut out for you now. You have to establish a national <laughs> standard. Well, I think, so, I think I'll stay in my, my lane. You'll stay in your lane. Oh, it's enough. I'm, it's okay. I'll just be on the governor's council and I'll do that yeah, and yeah. have my not-for-profit. So, I don't know. Somebody probably needs to do it. I, I don't know. You know, I agree. I, I, what would it be, right? I don't know. Yeah. How would you do it? But, I mean, but they do it for other industries. Like, yeah. all these other industries do it, so why can't we? I just, I don't know. That bothers me that there's so many fly-by-the-night yeah. um, certification companies out there. Yeah. And so you end up injuring people or people don't have the, the background and the knowledge that they should have. So I do need to ask this question in particular. Um, what do you love most about KC and what helps it stand out from other cities? Yeah. So what first comes to mind is just we're very, I think, welcoming. Um, we were kind of talking about it offline, even with your experience of moving here. I, I don't know. I just feel like being in the Midwest, and in, in, in particular Kansas City, I don't know. Most of us are very just friendly. Yeah. Um, so I think it's just an easygoing place, and I think that's what stands out. Like, yeah. you can go up to somebody and ask for, hey, directions, and you're not going to feel like you're bothering them. Like, I feel like, if you know, quote, unquote, it's very different in New York. Versus, like, here, um, everybody's just 
super focused. They're just trying to get to wherever they need to go. Yeah. Don't bother me. Don't talk to me. But we're more open and laid back. I don't know, I, I've, I've loved it. I've loved being here. Are there any um, local leaders or other influencers or things like that that inspire you in the KC community? You, you look at the person and say, hey, look, I know I'm doing these things, but I, just somebody I say, I think they're doing great stuff. Um, sure. And I think like people I personally know. Um, so when I think about that question, maybe like my, uh, my book publisher, she owns a company called Launch Crate. I think Launch Crate is doing some phenomenal things in Kansas City as far as like helping authors um, like actually make a profit writing a book, right? Because a lot of times it's, it's so flipped. Yeah. Um, I think of uh, Laura Owen. She owns a company called Healthy ID. And just how that company is doing, like, it, the whole basis is inflammation, how inflammation, if you can diagnose that, then it's the culprit to so many other health, chronic health issues. So I think what she's doing there, so I don't know. I, I, for me, influencers are people I personally know and not, like, sure. celebrities. So what do you see as the future of Kansas City and what role do you hope to play in that future? Well, since I'm like so focused on wellness, right? <laughs> so the future of Kansas City is just more well, right? We're healthy. And and that can be not only physically, but just uh, mental health as well, right? Um, and so I, I hope that the part I'm playing is just helping others get there. And whether whether I'm your coach or not, but hopefully, you know, maybe – a nugget you've heard me speak or on Fox or social media, whatever, maybe there's a nugget you can take away and apply it to your life. So I hope that I'm helping to make Kansas city more well, which translates to so many more things. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's a kind of a holistic thing. You have to start somewhere too with it. Um, so what would you suggest to other people who want to get involved and make a difference in KC? Like, they want to get involved with your initiatives. How do they get involved? Okay. So for, for mine, like, if you go to CandiceMcField.com, you can find everything, like, I have going on. So whether it's, like, the one-on-one -on -one health coaching or as for me and my body or fight globesity, sorry, is uh, that's a main hub for every single thing. But I think, like, uh, outside of my initiative, like, I think it's just a matter of I have this saying of you just have to jump in the pool and start swimming. I don't know what you're passionate about or what you want to do, but whatever it is, figure that out. And once you figure that out, just you don't have to have it perfect. Just jump in the pool. You'll figure it out along the way. Got it. It's a very important question. The best barbecue in Kansas <laughs> For me is Jack Stack, hands down. Jack Stack. Jack Stack. The particular location? or is You it know what? I like the... Uh, the Union Station location, the best. I don't know. The decor is really nice. Um, and then, um, you know what? I, I, I love their rack, rack of lambs. Mm -hmm. Dry. Like, I don't even need the sauce. Just dry. Um, their baked beans are my favorite for all the barbecue places. Um, yeah. So. Okay. No, <laughs> Jack's I wanted to ask that. <laughs> and um, kind of are there any other um, local events or organizations and places in Kansas City you say, hey, I think people should know about this. It's a hidden gem. Something I think is really cool here. Uh, yeah. This has a spiritual element to it, but I just went to this really cool, like, uh, I guess an annual dinner fundraiser for Hope International. Okay. And so... Hope International is doing like microfinancing. Oh. So it's really powerful because it's not like 
handing out money to like people in other countries. Like they have several countries they work with in Africa. I want to say like maybe Central America and South America. But anyway, but the point is microfinancing. And I think that's an organization in Kansas City should know about. It has an international elements to it. But there's a Kansas City uh, rep here. Microfinancing is, um, I mean, um, some of my other podcasts, The Buck Stops Here, we Mm -hmm. always talk about uh, one of the things that's the biggest determining factor of success in any company is access to capital. Mm-hmm, right. And if you can't access capital, it might as well be the moon. And uh, for the microfinance things allow people when they have an idea for a business, and, and especially in other countries, a small amount of money can yes. be the difference in the starting and the not. And I think that's huge. That's really huge. I would like to know more about that organization, and we'll put some stuff about that in the show notes. So, um, is there anything else you'd like to say? No, just thanks for having me. No, um, you've been great. Yeah, been you great, know, so. like I said before, I love meeting people. Um, yeah. And I love connecting with people. So this has been fun. And I yeah. hope that you guys listening have gotten at least one piece of advice. Or oh, I've, nugget. Gotten, I've gotten seven. <laughs> so, seven. Yeah, yeah. There's actually really great stuff in here. So, well, Candace, thank you so much for coming on the show today. And uh, thank you for your time. And we're going to put all the stuff in the podcast. Thank you for listening to the KC Leaders Podcast. Please remember to like, share, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen. For more information about this podcast, you can visit kcleaderspodcast.com. And don't forget to check out our other great podcasts like The Buck Stops Here, streaming now on all major platforms and at thebuckstopsherepodcast.com.